When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm No Shrek Bind, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk or subscribe anywhere. You get your podcast, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They head into week 16. It is Mason Rudolph time officially with Kenny Pickett being ruled out again with an ankle injury. Meanwhile, some other quarterback news that the Pittsburgh Steelers should pay attention to, maybe uh, should listen to a little bit. We'll dive into that. Our keys to victory, as always, on a Friday, our predictions. Hopefully, they turn it around. But really, we're two days from Christmas. Life is good, even if the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't winning. Hopefully, we get plenty and plenty of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer puns, headlines, and titles on Christmas Day. But with that said, how you feeling, my friend? Feeling good. I've uh, I arrived at home about like midnight this uh midnight last night it was a a long a long travel a day of travel for me yesterday but just happy to be home happy to see all my my siblings my parents and there were already christmas cookies lined up you know when beautiful. i got home when i walked through the door yesterday so I, I was excited yeah that's beautiful that sounds like a good time did uh did you get stuck in an airport yesterday uh not necessarily stuck cuz it was kind of my choice but like the cheapest way to get from from Pittsburgh to home for me was to connect through New York and I had to sit there for like four hours during a layover, which oh. actually wasn't that bad. I mean, like I got something to eat. I did some work. I watched a basketball game in like the first half of that football game last night. So I had no complaints. I don't, I don't mind an airport. I'm an airport guy. I, I love you are an airport guy. Every I time we travel, airport. you're always like, you know, what? like what? what's a two hour layover? Whatever. I'm like, dude, get me out of here right now. You are very you 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 help. I will say when we went to Mobile, you you certainly helped because I am I'm the least patient human being on the planet. And you were just like, yeah, whatever, man. Let's just. I mean, I can out. either yeah. I can either scroll my phone at home or I can scroll it in an airport. Like I'm going to be waiting either way. So I figured it's not a big it's deal. A good, it's a good ad. I hope everybody who travels on Christmas could take a little bit away from that one and have an easier time traveling as they try to get home for the holidays. I'm glad that you got some Christmas cookies. I'm very excited. I make the drive. My Christmas, uh, my Christmas travels all happen in 24 hours this year. They go because the Steelers play tomorrow. They go Sunday, which would be Christmas Eve. We take off or not take off. We drive. It's about a five hour drive. So we'll leave early. Try to get there, you know, a little bit before a couple hours before dinner, eat some dinner, scarf down. Four. I've stayed under 2000 calories for a week now because I'm about to eat all the cookies <laughs> in the world. Every cookie imaginable. And then. Monday morning, 
we hit the road probably about noon. We go, this is, this is the first year we're doing it. We're going, my family does Christmas morning. So we're doing Christmas morning with my family, making the five hour drive to get back in time for dinner with my fiance's family. Oh yeah. It's going to wow. be, uh, it's going to be a long Christmas. It's going to be a long Christmas, but it's all it's right. We got tunes. It's a grind. It's a, you know, I would imagine nobody drives on Christmas day. So the roads True. will be, You'd be ripping Rose 90 on uh, That's what I'm Central saying. Pennsylvania. That's, yeah, that'll be nice. It'll just be me and a couple of Amish people, dude. We'll be chilling. Everything will be all right. I think it'll be fine. But yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be a grind. I'll try to take a little bit away. Just be like, you know what? Well, would I be listening to Christmas tunes at home or in the car? It doesn't even matter. It'll yeah, be the same spot. There so you go. I'll, I'll keep the mindset. With that said, hopefully the Pittsburgh Steelers, like like we've mentioned, get some Rudolph the Red, red Nose Reindeer puns. Heading into Christmas Day, Mason Rudolph will officially start for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin ruled Kenny Pickett out despite practicing a little bit throughout the week. It'll be Mason Rudolph, Mitch Trubisky as the backup. Don't expect Trace McSorley to be called up, so it'll only be those two. This is a big day for Mason Rudolph. The first time that he will start since 2021. Really the first opportunity against a starting defense since like 2019. Not a... Not huge expectations, I would say, but people are very interested to see what happens when you make the change. We have talked about it. We have both agreed that at times it is a moment for Mason Rudolph. The Steelers should have turned to him in this scenario. But you go up against Cincinnati, a team that is certainly on the rise. The Pittsburgh Steelers desperately need to turn their season around and find a win against these guys in week 16. What are your expectations for this guy this weekend? What are your expectations for Mason Rudolph, his first start in two years? Well, I can't say they're terribly high. I mean, for a bunch of obvious reasons. I mean, not all of them have to do with Mason, uh, quite yeah. honestly. Like, he hasn't played in a long time. Um, I mean, he was decent when he did play, you know, back kind of in his rookie year. But it's just been a long time since. Um, but this is a team that just – the vibes are so low. Morale is so low. There are so yes. many guys missing. It's just not an ideal situation at all. I mean, but that said, I have – High hopes. I mean, I, I just I think you you hit on something important. This is a big day for Mason Rudolph and just all the stuff he's kind of been put through by the Steelers organization and just yes. been kind of yanked around and everything. You, I don't think he can help but not not root for him, but just kind of hope that that this works out for him. You know that he he has a decent day. He puts some good stuff on film because it doesn't seem like his future is in Pittsburgh. Uh, if he has a future in this league, so you just kind of hope for him and for his sake that he can, like I said, put some good stuff on film and. And show that he could, you know, stick around in this league for a little bit longer. Maybe show some other team that he's he's worthy of that. So, you know, like I said, he's walking into a really tough situation. He's, you know, I guess he's not expected to be the guy to to save the Steelers. But I mean, that's kind of yeah. what happens when you're a backup quarterback facing a situation like this. So, um, you know, not terribly high expectations, especially against, like you said, a, a Bengals team that's on the rise. But I, I think it's pretty easy to say. Know that you just hope for good things for for Mason Rudolph, a guy who's been a professional, waited his turn, done everything he's supposed to do, and just hopefully it, it it turns out well for him and the Steelers. I agree. I I am I am a guy that if you go back, there are there are a lot of moments where I have criticized Mason Rudolph and talked about how he shouldn't be the guy, and I just hope I hope this is the time where he proves me every time I said that wrong. You know, I hope that I hope that everything good turns out for him just because of the way he has handled everything. We talked about it so much last year, and I think last year was like the epitome of it. Like, I, I haven't seen a player who 
has been given less opportunities than Mason Rudolph. And and I get it. Like, I, I don't know if he's earned those opportunities. I think there will be a lot of people that say, well, you, you know, you're not handed anything in the NFL. I agree 100%. But I just, for a guy who has come in here with high hopes and had those high hopes just kind of like squashed in his face time and time again, to get an opportunity like this one, I just hope he makes the most of it. That's what I, I don't know what my expectations are. My expectations might be low. I don't know if he's the guy that could turn things around, but I hope that he does something. Like I hope that all everybody's talking about on Monday morning is Mason Rudolph led the Steelers to a victory. How good to Mason Rudolph look? Good for Mason Rudolph. Hopefully this launches because that's all he needs. You know what I mean? If Kenny comes back next week, it doesn't matter if Mason wins or not like unless he balls out you know unless unless mason's at 350 yards three touchdowns the steelers are unstoppable because of mason rudolph it is kenny pickett's job next week if he returns and is healthy this is this is the launching pad like you get you get one opportunity to go out there and say hey look at you i could do something you know like somebody out there who needs a backup quarterback give me a call you know because i'm around and i'm ready and if you give me that opportunity i will make the most of it i think that's that's the hopes for him in this one, I will say when it does come to the expectation side of things, I expect more than what I expected from Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. I didn't have high expectations for Mitch Trubisky. I think those expectations shrunk by the second watching this guy play. I don't think Mason turns the ball over as much as Mitch Trubisky. I don't know if he takes as many shots and I don't think he's going to, but I think the Steelers at bare minimum play a much safer game of football. And if you do that without leaning on Mason, you know, if you if you lean on the run game, if you lean on Najee and Jalen and Pat Fryermuth and, and Deontay and short routes and you stop trying to do all this crazy stuff, I think Mason gives you an opportunity to at least game manage this this matchup. And maybe you come out with a victory. We'll see. But I do have higher hopes than I think I did with Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, absolutely. I think you make a good point that just the way Mason plays compared to Mitch, I think is bad, more conducive to the Steelers kind of staying yes. in this game for a little bit longer. I think, you know, I think, I don't think many people are expecting them to be able to to pull out a win this week, but I think the Steelers can be a little bit more competitive for a little bit longer, especially compared to what they were able to put on the field against the Colts last week, just because Mason's a more conservative player for better or worse. And, you know, that might help them just stick around for a little bit, hang in there. And then maybe that formula that we saw, you know, over the first few weeks or, or during, you know, the middle of the season when they were kind of hitting their stride where they, you know, they, they play conservative. They just don't turn the ball over. They lean on the defense and, you know, hope some stuff breaks their way and eventually they can they can pull out a win like that. Um, I think Mason kind of fits that, you know, idea of a game plan better than Mitch, who is, you know, I, I kind of never – it was funny just like watching Mitch play over the past few weeks. I was like, huh, this is not really the Mitch I feel like I know. I feel like I never really yeah. knew him as like this super aggressive guy who was going to launch it down the field. But he was sling, he was slinging that thing sometimes to the other team. But uh, <laughs> this is just – Mason's a different guy and, and I think maybe fits their idea of, of what they need right now just when things are kind of a little bit desperate and, and you know they feel like they're on their heels right now. That's what I'm saying. When you're a backup quarterback, you should not be out there trying to win ball games. Just don't lose them. You know, that's the biggest thing. Just don't lose a football game. And and Mitch loved to I, I don't want to say love, but he tried very hard to win football games and be a hero. And I, I think he did look at this as like, hey, look, at this is my tryout. And if you were coming off the bench, you'd be shooting threes. You know, that's what I'd be out there. I'd be like, go ahead, bro. Put the rock in my hand. Let's see what happens. 
I think he had that mindset. I think Mason's going to look at it and just say, if I don't lose, that's the best look I could possibly have is I, is I won this football game. No one will care that I threw for four touchdowns or if I threw for one touchdown, as long as we win and get out of the slump, that will be the biggest narrative that they could possibly have. We'll see what happens. I, I, it's a dangerous time for the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially with everything going on. Um, but I think I think something that does help is having Deontay Johnson and him. They've been together for a while now. I think that chemistry definitely helps. And I mean, George Pickens is going to be as pissed off as humanly possible this week. So I would imagine that he's uh, he's trying to do some uh, some damage to the Cincinnati Bengals defense. We'll see what happens. Meanwhile, I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. ESPN's Bill Barn- Barnwell, excuse me, has two uh, very interesting names for the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback position next offseason. Now, he he did acknowledge that he still thinks it's Kenny Pickett's job, that it, whoever comes in here will have to compete with Kenny Pickett. I think we all kind of agree with that at this point. But he says that there are two veterans that he could see coming to Pittsburgh who have connections, who have ties with quarterbacks coach Mike Sullivan. Take that as you will who he believes could tie them and bring them to the Steel City in 2024, one through free agency and one via a trade. Those names are Case Keenum and Geno Smith. Geno Smith through a trade, Case Keenum through free agency. I think for one, you have to acknowledge that the idea that it's through Mike Sullivan, who was an offensive coordinator or a quarterback's coach for both of these guys, doesn't hold the strongest ground right now, as in the Pittsburgh Steelers might move on from all of their position coaches, not just one or two of them in the offseason. And Mike Sullivan's name might certainly be on that list of guys who get replaced in 2024. But well, uh, well, just just acting as if that is a possibility and he could draw these guys here. You hear the names Case Keenum and Geno Smith coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers. What are your uh, what are your thoughts? What's your instant reaction here? Well, my instant reaction to one of them I think is much warmer than the other. I think kind of in a vacuum in just purely football sense, Geno Smith kind of excites me. I'm like – I like Geno Smith and I think he's a really good player. I think he would really kind of raise the ceiling of the Steelers right away. Um, he's a guy who's like had a resurgent career. I, I, I like yep. that he – you know, I think he has a nice arm. I think he makes some decent decisions even if there's maybe – you know, a little bit of an interception problem, especially this year. Um, I still like him and think he's an immediate upgrade. Uh, Keenum, Over Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, what? What do you disagree with that at all? No, I don't. I don't know if I disagree with it. I think that. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think I. I don't think I disagree with it. I just wanted. I just wanted to clarify. No, you just wanted to make me say it. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean Keenum, I think on the other hand, I think is it's it's not as sexy, but it is I, I think it would be at least a solid move to bring in some depth or if you want to, you know, put competition in air quotes for for Kenny Pickett, you know, to kind of you know, show him that 
I, I guess you don't really need to, I, I don't know, maybe show him that like, we're looking, you know, that, that yeah. we, we believe in you, we, you're going to be our starter, but you know, we need to see it from you. We need you to perform and we need you to be the guy that we thought you're going to be. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't really hate either of these moves, quite honestly, in a vacuum. I think they're two kind of different styles of moves like Gino would ob- going to get Gino. We talked about it before coming on, but that's obviously a much more aggressive move, one that yeah. might not even be possible. Um, but, you know, one that would show that they're real serious about upgrading that quarterback position, whereas Case Keenum's kind of kind of a, a cautious step in that direction, if not, you know, throwing yourself entirely into uh, the concept of getting a new guy. I agree. I agree. I don't think either move, ex- like Geno Smith, cool. I, I like Geno Smith. I like his story. I do think he's a starter-capable quarterback in this league and for a lot of teams and maybe for the Pittsburgh Steelers. My hesitation there is is a couple of things. So for one, you'd have to do it through a trade. So what are you trading for a 33-year-old quarterback who is signed for the next two seasons? Next year, his cap hit is, I believe, $30 million, just over $30 million. Two years from now, it's $33.7 million. That's a lot of money. Like, that's a lot of money for... And I get it. Like, you know, when Dak signs a 60 million per year deal this offseason, it's it's not it's a fraction of that. It's half of that. But it's still a lot of money compared to Kenny Pickett or another rookie, plus what you're going to give up for him. And I also think, like, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers and my I mean, this this goes to both of them. Keith Keenum, in my eyes, is not even an option. Like he's 35 years old. What are you doing? Like at that point, just, just re-sign Mitch Trubisky. And I get it. He's a much more reliable Mitch Trubisky. He's a guy that could actually come in here and win some football games and be a reliable backup and and teach Kenny Pickett or whatever. But I don't see him as anything more than that. Like if Case Keenum's your answer to come in here and start a quarterback, the fan base should be pissed. Nobody should be sitting around. Did we sign Keith Keenum? That's pretty sick, man. I'm pretty excited about We're that back. one. <laughs> yeah, like nobody's saying that. And maybe you get a couple of reactions with that with Geno Smith with some real optimistic human beings. But I just I think the I think the big thing is you're looking at this and, and like the Steelers, I think, have to shoot for the stars this offseason. Like it's it's Super Bowl or bust next year. And I don't think they're gonna go to the Super Bowl. I don't think they're gonna win a Super Bowl. I think their mindset has to be what can we do? How many holes can we fix? with just the best talent available so that we could try and win a Super Bowl next year. And again, I don't think my expectations for them in 2024, I, I mean, I definitely don't think my expectations for them in 2024 is to win a Super Bowl, but that should be their mindset is stop plugging holes and go get stars. I don't know if Gino Smith wins you a Super Bowl. I just don't, I don't, I don't know if, if that's your guy plus the pr- price tag that you're going to put on there for a guy who is dealing with injuries, who is 33 years old, and who has thrown a couple of real sloppy interceptions this year, I think it's a bit of a risk. And I think just comparatively, like if you're gonna if you're gonna think about Geno Smith, are you taking Geno Smith? Are you trading for Geno Smith over like a second or a third round pick? You know, where's that? And maybe it comes after the draft. Like, and I guess that's that's a question here is if if they didn't where in the draft would you draw the line like what round in the draft would you draw a line before you're going okay now i would say geno smith is a better option all around financially everything than where we're where the pittsburgh steelers are picking right now i mean yeah without you know my my draft big board right in front of me um yeah I yeah would without say, a like, name without a name 
Right. I feel like the third round is probably where, where you would. I think this is a deep quarterback class. Like in a different year, maybe it's second round. I mean, in yeah. you know, the year Kenny Pickett got drafted, it's probably after the first. Like it's <laughs> but I think this it's is before a, Kenny Pickett. That's right. in Kenny Pickett's round draft, it's before Kenny Pickett. Right. Um, which doesn't say much about, you know, a draft where Kenny Pickett was drafted f- was the first quarterback first. taken. Um <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Um so I think around the third round, just because it's it's such a deep quarterback class and I feel like there are there are going to be studs much later uh, in that draft than than those kind of top tier guys, like than the Drake Mays yeah. and the Caleb Williams. So, um, I think you make a good point. Like that's the draft is probably a much more efficient use of, of your resources right now than going after, uh, like you said, a thirty three year old quarterback who's going to cost you thirty five and then thirty seven million, especially when you still got tons of dudes to pay on defense and. And so I think like a cheaper option guy with potential and upside and, you know, I, I, I get your notion about, you know, need to swing for the fences right away. Uh, but I think you also got to kind of show some patience with this roster because look like it, you know, your expectations, as you said, aren't to win a Super Bowl next year. So, I mean, you got to build a little bit, got to lay a little bit more of a solid foundation, I think, before you can start, you know, taking swings in the way that like Super Bowl contenders do to kind of put you over the hump. You kind of got to, you got to reach that hump before you start making moves to get over it. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's, that's kind of what I meant by that is like, yep. you know, if you're going to, if you're going to take a swing, which I think Geno Smith is taking a swing, like you're taking a shot there, you're making a move. I think if you're going to make a move like that, it's got to be go big or go home. Like it's somebody that you're just like, wow, cannot believe that the Pittsburgh Steelers pulled that one off. You know, it can't be a, and Geno Smith again is a good quarterback. But nobody's sitting around going, oh, my gosh, I can't believe the Pittsburgh Steelers pulled that off. Couldn't can't believe that. Nobody's going to say that. You know, I think that's where the bar has to be is it's either wow or it's OK. Let's just let's just see what Kenny's got. Draft another guy. I think that's the other piece of this, too, is like. You know, you draft a second round quarterback or a first round quarterback. And at this point, like if the Pittsburgh Steelers lose out they're like they could be they could be top, you know, 11, 12 picks in the draft. You could you could either wait it out and get somebody like a Bo Nix or a JJ McCarthy or whoever, or you could you could try to make a move up to that top five spot, see what you could get, and see if you could get a a Drake May or a or a Caleb Williams and, and see you know what it takes to get up there. And I know that you're gonna have to go a little bit higher than that, but depending on how Chicago shakes out, depending on how the rest of the, the league looks at the end of the season, you just don't know. Like you, you you could make a move up for like one of those top quarterbacks. I think that is a home run, whereas in, you know, you what I'm trying to say is, is you can get somebody in the first round or in the second round that, you know, it doesn't even have to be like a real competition in the summer. It could still be Kenny's job, but you could have the understanding that if Kenny doesn't work out, whoever's coming in here next is a dude that could also be a franchise quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think that is that's huge. You know, like it, that 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 is a lot better of a risk than trading for Geno Smith, taking up a bunch of cap space, blah, blah, blah. And then again, like Case Keenum, dude, we, I don't know who read this piece before Barnell put it out, but somebody should have said, yeah, Case Keenum is not going to start for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So let's run this one past somebody and let's remove that name. Come up with anybody else who's younger than 30 years old and could be, like, j- put Jacoby Brissett on there before you're going to put him yeah. Case Keenum. Like there's so many names but someone, that you could, but- Right, put someone who's played more than what three games in the NFL yeah. over the past five years or something, and then I'd, I'd take that one a little bit more seriously. That's what I'm saying. NFL, 
Like you, you could come up with, you could come up with, jo- I mean, Josh Dobbs isn't going to be, but I saw Jameis Winston's name in there. I saw, mm. uh, I mean, Kirk Cousins is available. Ryan Tannehill's yeah. available. Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold's going to be out there. Drew Locke, Baker Mayfield's going to be out there. Gardner Minshew. Like there, there are names, man. There, <laughs> there are a lot of names for him to go to the bottom of the list and go. Case Keenum sounds like a good one. He should be uh he should be the guy for the Pittsburgh Steelers next year. I just think that there's there's other there's other options, better options for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I don't think these two uh you know, it was a good shot. Cool, great. I don't think that either of them are on the Pittsburgh Steelers radar. Unless Geno Smith throws for like six hundred yards and five touchdowns against them in two weeks. Then maybe Mike Tomlin goes over and says, Hey, in the offseason, we're gonna come get you. See what happens. See what happens. With that said, let's head into week 16. Pittsburgh Steelers, Cincinnati Bengals, huge, massive game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is do or die at this point. The Pittsburgh Steelers playoff hopes are like 3%, I believe, somewhere around there, according to the New York Times simulator. They climb to like 15 with a win, but at least they climb. And if they win out, they really have a slim, but some possibility to find their way into the postseason. Meanwhile, a loss. I mean, season's over. Pack it in give it to Mason Rudolph and see what you could uh, collect for next season, move into the off season. Our keys to victory week 16, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cincinnati Bengals. Let's start with you. What you got? Well, I think you got to sell out to stop Joe Mixon. Um, I don't, I, I think I would much rather, I mean, I understand the, the, what they're facing at safety, um, which is, yeah. you know, they might not have safety safeties. It might be you and me uh, playing a few say, snaps back there. Good old Aaron um, Rome, Patrick Peterson, baby. Yeah, man, uh, that's a 2017 all-star team right there. Um, but I mean, I, so I think you got it. I think your best opportunity is literally just be as aggressive as possible around the line of scrimmage, bottle up Joe Mixon, uh, put this game in in Jake Browning's hands. I know he's played really well, but I think if you take, you know, Jamar Chase is not in the equation. Joe Mixon, if you can take him out of the equation as well, uh, then you put yourself in a much better position to execute that game plan that we kind of alluded to earlier where uh, – you know, Mason Rudolph can can run the ball or, you know, you can run the ball with, with Jalen Warren and Najee Harris, control the pace a little bit of the game, slow it down, limit possessions, let your defense dictate uh, dictate the game a lot there. So um, I think the key is really just don't let Joe Mixon run wild. And I think it also, I mean, watching the end of that Colts game, just watching them get run over by a third string and a fourth string running back, like, there was a there was an emotional a morale component to that as well like yeah it was just demoralizing um and i think this team desperately needs to i don't even know if show some pride is the right is the right word there but like just just stand up a little bit and show some toughness against the run like have some reason to believe that there is you know that there's still some strength and some oomph behind this team that that they can they can stand up physically cuz it just didn't look like that last week so I think if they are able to stand up against the run, bottle up Joe Mixon a little bit, that will not only you know keep them in the game, obviously, but also kind of give them an emotional lift that I think they really desperately need right now. Yeah, to add to that one, I'm going to say stop trying to be all fancy and just come up with the best. You know, this is this guy is the best at this at inside linebacker, and just play your best two inside linebackers, and probably those guys are well. It's definitely Landon Roberts, and then probably. Miles Jack, probably. I'm not 100% yeah. on that one. They're both run stuffers. Stop trying to make them more than that. Tell them to go hit the hole. If you find yourself on a Joe Mixon out on the flat, that sucks, but you got to take a shot there. You got to stop 
sending Michael Walker and everybody else out there. And if you're going to, if you're going to try to like really stop Joe Mixon, put your best run stuffing inside linebackers on the field and give everybody a shot. And I get it that the defensive line is a, is a huge component of that, but your defensive line is, is put together and it's there and you know what you got and you gotta, you gotta stay sound. And if they do that, they somewhat tend to have success. When it comes to that second level, man, sometimes Michael Walker doesn't know what's going on. And Mark Robinson looks like he, 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 it's like, he's never opened a playbook. Sometimes it's bad. You put miles Jack out there. You put a Landon Roberts out there. Stop messing around. This is a do or die game. That gives you your best opportunity to shut down Joe Mixon, I believe. And, and I agree the morale part of it is, is huge, but hopefully at home Christmas, this place is going to be bumping that, that definitely, this is a much needed home game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would say, especially the defense. Uh, My key to victory is also on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know what Mason Rudolph and them can do, but I think everybody has the same idea that you run the football. So I don't think that that's like a key to victory. I think that is a, if you don't do that, Everybody should be gone by Monday morning. Don't care that it's Christmas. Sorry. On defense, it's very simple. Patrick Peterson's going to play safety. So your starting corners are Joey Porter Jr. and Levi Wallace. Maybe James Pierre gets a good chunk of plays out there. It's uh, no Jamar Chase. Joey Porter's following T. Higgins everywhere. I do not care where he lines. I don't care if he plays quarterback. Joey's lining up at inside linebacker. You do not put him against anybody else. You do not put James Pierre out there or Levi Wallace out there. Just don't take a chance. You know, I'd rather Joey have T Higgins the entire game and be exhausted by the end of it and maybe come up with a penalty here or there than risk one long or two long touchdowns to T Higgins that might end the game. You know, that could be that could be the reason that the Pittsburgh Steelers lose because one 60-yard bomb to T Higgins because James Pierre and Levi Wallace couldn't keep up. You're not going to you're not going to take that big of a risk with Joey Porter Jr. I think it's simple. You know, if you if I'm running this defense, Joey Porter is shadowing T Higgins at all times, no exceptions. You'll you'll hope that Tyler Boyd doesn't eat you alive in the middle of there, but you know, I'll take a risk there over yeah. James Pierre or Levi Wallace or Chandon Sullivan get smoked by number five. Yeah. And I'd rather, you know, I'd rather Tyler Boyd, uh, you know, outrun someone in the slot and then just yes. kind of sit in the middle of the defense. Then, then T Higgins get behind someone and really take the top off this team because yep, like, like if this becomes a track meet and if, if in, in any kind of way, if the Steelers need to, you know, score quickly to keep up with the Bengals, they are, they are not going to win this game. So I no. like that one. And I would definitely trade, you know, a few PI calls, a few holding calls on Joey Porter if he can come up with a pick or something because he's playing so aggressive. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm all in on that. I, I I love that key to victory. Yeah, you gotta you can't you can't mess around on defense this week. I think it's like we said, do or die game. With that, our predictions. You've uh, we've we 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 got it right, but we didn't get it right unfortunately last week. Thought that our I was ta- I was talking to Nick and during the game he messaged me early. He goes, dude, I'm picking the I'm I'm picking against the Steelers every single week. And then five minutes later, they were down by like 10 points. And I was like, yeah, still uh, we still going to do that or are we we're not going to do that anymore. I thought we I thought we gave them some good luck by picking against them last week. Unfortunately, we did not. We'll see what happens this week. Our predictions week uh, 16 Pittsburgh Steelers, Cincinnati Bengals. 
yeah, I hate to ride the negativity wave, <sighs> but I, I think that's. I, I mean, look, if we're if we're trying to pick this correctly, then I, I don't know how we're doing. you can look at this team and and think that they really have that great of a chance in this game. I mean, they are just so undermanned. They are facing a team that, it, like as we have alluded to a couple times, is hot. Is really finding themselves. Um, even without Jamar Chase, they just, I think, have too much firepower. I think the Steelers are worn out. I think they just, I, and I understand this. I think we're just they're just trying to get to the finish line, and yeah. I think they're just trying to kind of get the season over with and move on. And so that to that end, I, I think this they show some fight a little bit, but this still, I, I don't think this one ends up close. I think the Bengals are able to score too many times and the Steelers just can't keep up. Uh, Mason Rudolph is solid, but just at the end of the day, just doesn't have the firepower to keep up with this team. So um, I don't think this one is particularly close. I think it feels less close than even the final score would indicate. So I'm going uh, 24-10 Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I don't think it's pretty. That's way worse than than I thought you were going to go with that one. 24-10 is a blowout. That'd be tough. I'm going, I I want to agree. Like there's a part of me that says there's no chance Pittsburgh Steelers win this game. But there's a part of me that says it's too good not to. Like this is, it just sometimes things just look like everything's dead for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then they're not, they're suddenly not dead. And Indianapolis didn't feel like that. Like that one, like I said, like felt like a game where, they could win it, but I had a I had a belief, I had a feeling they were going to get smoked. This one, I I don't I don't have that same feeling. Something about the Cincinnati Bengals, and they look red hot right now. But everybody gets knocked down a peg at some point. I'm gonna say the Pittsburgh Steelers pull this one out. Again, I'm probably gonna get roasted for uh, for making this call, but by I'm gonna Mark say Caboli. this <laughs> definitely by Mark Caboli. Um I'm I'm gonna go Steelers. Steelers 20, Bengals 17. I'm saying a Chris Boswell field goal wins it. I'm saying Mason Rudolph does just enough. I'm not going to say that he does everything, but I'm going to say he does just enough. And I'm going to say the Steelers defense steps up real big in this one. I don't know what it is. I just think that they 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 dial in, they lock Joe Browning up, and they make life difficult for the Cincinnati Bengals offense, and it's enough to uh, it's enough to to pull this one out. Again, we'll see what happens. I'm not the most confident I've ever been picking the Pittsburgh Steelers, but 2017, run, run, Rudolph all over the headlines on Sunday morning. That's all we want to see. With that, hopefully, um, hopefully I'm right. Hopefully you're you're wrong. And I think if we tallied them up, you've uh, you've taken the lead on me in the season just because you've gone against Steelers like four times now, and they've uh, they've come up big for you. Every one of those times. Hopefully I'm right this week. With that, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcast and check out all of our work at allsteelers.com and all of our pick coverage at insidethepanthers.com. We will be back on Monday for a special Christmas edition of All Steelers Talk. Enjoy a beautiful weekend and a happy holiday in the Berg. Peace.